0: okay we're learning dav tzadi ches and we're starting three lines down just to uh quickly review what we're going to be analyzing we had a brisa We was talking about two twins who converted while their mother was pregnant so the key here is that they certainly are gerim. Uh, there certainly is a certain basic principle that they were conceived without sanctity and therefore they're not automatically jewish even though they're born to a jewish mother they're going through a gerus and the mother converts there's no question to that but on the other hand, it ends up that they were both born. Um, they were both born to the same Jewish mother. So the prizer was basically saying that their status is interesting. On the one hand, they, they, on the one hand, they're not paternal brothers. They're not related through their father because they were conceived not in sanctity, and their father was a guy. So therefore, not, that doesn't give them the yichus of being paternal brothers once they are converting. On the other hand, since they end up being born to the same Jewish mother, so they are considered brothers from the mother. And therefore, if, let's say they would. Um, sleep with one another's wife, that would be from the mother's side. So now the Gemara gets into this idea that we clearly see they're not paternal brothers though. So This concept which we see, that a Mitzri, and a mitzri is just an example, a non-Jew, a non-Jew who converts is not related to his father. This principle of and this is important, this is, even though he's going to have, um, he's going to have relationships from his mother's side if he's born to a Jewish mother, but we still see over here, in Avlu Mitzri, it's never that the father gives Yichus to his son when the son converts. Where does this principle come from? Don't tell me. You could tell me, but he's saying, don't say this, Rabbi. Don't tell me it's because. It's just, the are very immoral people. The guyim are extremely immoral. So we don't really know who a biological father is. Maybe you could claim that's what it is. You can always know who a mother is, but you can never know who a father is. So generally, we assume if a couple is married, then the, you know, the, father, is the, the father is the husband. But... With Goyim, you can never know. Which would imply that if the identity, if for whatever reason, is actually known, then we would say that we go with the fathers, with the fathers, um, with the father's So let's say, for example, they're locked in jail. Right, the wife was locked in jail, husband was locked in jail, together in the same cell. So there's no possibility of them of them having relations with anybody else. So it's only those two. Then so you would say, okay, so clearly you know that the biological father is a father, so the paternity, here we go after the father. And we're saying, Rabba says that's not the truth. Even if we know for sure who the father is, we still don't say that the child has a yichas to his father once he converses. Once he converts, what's the proof? In our case, that the bride's we talking about was two twin brothers. Uh, twins definitely are related and have the same, and have the same um, father. There's no question. It's one drop of Zara, one drop of semen, which is divided in two. There's no question that they're sharing the same father when you have twins. Yet nonetheless, what did the end of that b'raiser say? The end of the b'raiser was talking about these twins who were both conceived when the mother was still a guy, but then born to a Jewish mother, their mother converted in the middle, so, what are the brides say? There's no din of or yibam. Why is that? Because they're not brothers to each other paternally. So, what's the pshat? The pshat is because since the, the Zara of the father, the, the, the Zara that made them, was Zara Kedusha, was Gaisha Zara. So, even though they're born to the same Jewish mother, but they're, if they're born, to, the, if they were conceived from a non-Jewish father, then they're not going to have yichas to one another once they once they convert. What is the principle? And now the Gemara touches up what the principle is. So it's not that we don't know who the father is. It's even stronger, even if we do know who the father is. The idea is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu just said that the paternity is, is half-care, meaning to say that it's not valid in halacha. It's not valid. There's never going to be a yichas from the father to his child after he converts. What does it say about the old mitzvah? Their flesh is like flesh of donkeys. And their zarem there is like the, the, the zarem of horses. So basically, we see this idea that it's simply, you know, it's like, it might be biology, but it's no different than biology that exists in animals. And the point is, there's no din of yichas, there's no significance that we give to that. The Torah is treating it almost like it treats the animal, and therefore, it's not relevant. Okay, so now we have that principle clear of a, of a, of a guy who was conceived... When the father was a guy and then the mother converted to a Jewish mother, we know clearly he has all biological relationships that from his mother's side, but not from his father's side because of this new principle of Ein Now we're going to go back to what we started yesterday, what was the machlokes? Talk about, you know, a regular case. Just keep it simple. The guy who are converting after they're born, obviously that, and there's no there's a newborn child, and Midar Isa, he's mutter to all, you know, he's mutter to Mary's sister and this and that, because there's no... There's no, there's no sense of ichos at all. He's like a newborn baby. However, there was machlokas when the midra, but none. We asked, basically the machlokas is, you know, if it's two brothers from the mother's side, where it's clear, you know, the barbersmen got the machlokas. People might not be so aware of the principle of geishinus karikul and shenol so they just know it's born from the same mother. Two guys are converting after they're born. With well, vasepes, you know, when one one takes a wife and then he died, then the other one is taking that woman. How could that be? Isn't that Eishes Achmiyav? So people aren't aware necessarily of Gerushin's dummy. So therefore, some opinions said we make a decree that they shouldn't marry each other. Other opinions said we don't. So the Gemara says Tashmatam Misa Ben I gather there a story with Tzviim that and also Eishes He did this exact thing. He married the wife of a maternal brother, assuming Gershon is The story came from They said there's no. Um, you know, there's no Isha's Lagar, and therefore it's fine. In other words, the point, the point, the point we're saying here, seemingly, we're going to correct it for a second. In Isha's Lager is that a Gare can't make a marriage. So the simple interpretation here, in Ishes Lager, would mean that when a gare marries somebody, the marriage is not binding. And therefore, once one gear married her, it didn't become Asia's to the other brother. In other words, not that we're relying on the principle of and his so they're not related, as much as we're saying a different thing, we're saying that when a guy Converts now he's a ger. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have the ability to make him there. So the Gemara clarifies. Obviously, it's not the the simple literal thing. That's obviously it's not true. If a ger betroths a woman, a ger is makadi. Somebody, are you going to tell me that the the Kiddushin doesn't take effect? Of course, that's ridiculous. Of course, the Kedushin takes effect. The Ger could have Kedushin. So, in it has to be what the B'raiths are saying is that the Ger is not going to trigger an Israel of onto his other brother. That's the point. The point is you have two brothers and the mother who convert. And now, 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 now that they convert, they're no longer considered brothers and the mother. And that's why after one takes a woman, even though he does become married to her, if he would pass away, she wouldn't be also on his brother. So the Gemara now pushes the proof. My love, the isn't the case. Talking about two, you know, two brothers converts from the mother's side, and now one brother goes and engages in a marriage. So he, the marriage is beginning once he's already a Ger, and the Bais is saying that subsequently, it's the the the, the marriage to the other brother is mutter. So We see like Ravak that it's Mutter. We don't like exair that people might not know Gesh No, we're concerned that people that, that people um, you know, we're, we're not concerned for that. We say it's Mutter and everyone knows Gesh So the Kumar says it's not a proof. Lo, did not a case that the brother here of Nifdiyim married this girl when he was a non Jew. So meaning before he and he and she had converted, he did a Kedushin to her. And he never lived together with her after they converted. So it was a girl that he had once been intimate with under a normal framework of marriage but for the way a guy would do it and there's no once they convert so then there's no validity to their previous relationship and they never continued they never kept up the relationship he never married her once he was a Jew so therefore it was never considered a brother's wife so if that's the case of course it's going to be mutter. the only machlokas that we have is a case where he, after he converts he marries a woman so now is that woman going to be also on his brother okay that's a dispute that we have whether or not how extreme we can be so on, on the on the concept of God but if he married her when he was a guy and he never continued the relationship after he converted so then obviously there we're going to say in a literal sense there is no issues here there's never answered onto the other brother says the mark that can't be the case because if the case is he married her when he was a non-jew then why does the rights even have to say that the brother niftim was allowed to marry her isn't this obvious says the tomorrow the the answer is he may have thought let us decree that he's also even if the guy married her when he was a non-jew uh to prevent the case where he married her when he was already a garrett if you're telling me he was already a garrett it would be So then maybe we should ask her even before he was a guy, when he stopped, was married to her, when he was a guy, to protect that case. Kamash and the bride, so informed us that we don't have such a concern. Okay, now we move forward, again, we're attempting other proofs, we're trying to figure out here if we rely on Gersh, Nesk, Rekon, Shnele, two brothers from the mother or something like that, are converting. Uh, after they're born and then one takes a wife do we say that in the future she's also to marry the brother so tashmam we've seen a bride with ben Yosion, ben Yosion said i once went to some big see In gar a case I came across a gar who was married to his ex maternal brother's wife so i said to him who gave you the Who permitted you to do this he answered first of all this, this is a woman When she converted Here are seven sons So meaning to say What he's saying is There are seven people Who went on To do exactly what I did They all converted And they went on To marry each other's wives So in other words Like why are you going after me There are so many other people You can go after Who have done the same thing They're assuming That once they convert Then there's no status Of Eshazach And furthermore On this very bench Rabbi Akiva sat And he said two things So I'm getting this From Rabbi Kiva. What did Rabbi Akiva say? And Gareth is permitted to marry a maternal brother's wife. Amar. And the second thing he said, and it was the word of Hashem to Yonah the second time. So we're familiar with the story of Yonah. The first time he was sent, he was told to go to an and warn them that they were going to be destroyed. Yona ran away. And uh, with the storm and this and that, he got into the fish, the fish spat him back onto the dry land, and then Hashem appeared the second time, and he said, go back to Ninveh. Right? That's the story that we read. So what's the emphasis that it was the second time? On the second, Shekina only spoke to him a second time. Shekina did not come to him a third time. In other words, this seems to be that it was a punishment to a certain degree that, um, that Yonah was pushed away. Yona was pushed away, and he wasn't... Uh, he wasn't ever given a Nebuah again after the story with Ninveh. Obviously, you might want to know what the connection is between these two members, you know, at this point. So he can marry his brother's wife. And we also say Hashem only spoke to Yonah twice. So the obvious connection is that there they did complete teshuva in the city of Ninveh. And the city of Ninveh is complete to so that they were completely different. So what what was missing from Yonah is, you know, it says in 40 days, the prophecy was that Ninveh will be overturned. So the seeming thing is that, you know, oh, what that means is that uh, they'll be going to be punished and destroyed. But the reality was, is that they were destined to do teshuva, and it was going to be overturned in a very different sense. It was overturned that they became like different people. The teshuva, the, re- the repentance was like, you know, completely transformative for the city. So that's what's what's missing. You know, that's the, the missing thing. People sometimes, we, we, we fail to realize how much teshuva can, t- can change us. So the thing, that's what we're learning about, how sometimes human beings can completely change. We have Gershonis Karakach and Shinoilad. We have the story of Ninveh, where they completely changed. At any rate, what's the proof that we have? I mean, that's what did the brides say? That's what Rikiva said, a gar can marry his maternal brother's wife. Isn't the case that a brother married her when he was already a gar? And we're talking about two brothers uh, who converted. And we're saying one who marries a woman. So then, so then that woman, if, 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 she's, um, if, she, if she ends up ending her marriage, divorced or widowed, she could be with a maternal brother. So we see. That, uh, that, that we rely on gersh his So the Mar rejects and the case is that the first brother married her while he was still a non-Jew and again, he had never could, continued the relationship once he converted. It says, Why was that a Chidesh? The same point that we said before, you might have said, Why don't we decree to ask for the marriage in a case where the brother married her when he was a non-Jew, to, pre- to prevent the case if he married her when he was already a Jew. If we're saying once he was Megayar and then we do make a Darabana, then maybe the, the Israel Darabana should, should encompass a case even when he married her when he was still a guy. Kamash well, on the rights informs, informs us that we don't have such a concern. All right, now the Gemara gets on a tangent. The story in the previous prize was Ben Yassion. So what happened was when Yassion was, was, was uh, not criticizing, but he was questioning what the Ger's hatter was and the, to marry Eshuzal HaMeimah, and the Ger was telling him a bunch of things from Rabbi Akiva. So the Gemara says, if, some, if somebody believed to say over halacha when it's in the actual story, it's, when it's in the heat of the moment of a story, and you're giving up sack to to validate what's already been done, it, are you actually believed? When you have a Torah scholar who's already been teaching something, so meaning he's telling us something that was previously unknown as he's already been teaching it has been previously unknown to other people in the base measure. So Imko the May's if he's been saying it before, meaning before it was practically relevant, this guy's been saying it. So we have to trust him, but it's been saying he's been saying it before it was practical. So then Shomal we listen to him, meaning we accept what he says. And when it comes to a practical case, we'll passkin like what was told to us. But if he never said it before ain 't Shomala, we don't listen to it. Right? It looks a little bit sketchy. It looks sketchy to have a case where the first time we hear somebody saying, oh yeah, Rabbi Akiva said this, Rabbi, you know, it's only once it was practically relevant. Then we get nervous that maybe the halacha is not really like that. So that's exactly what happened here. The Gary starts jumping on him that he has an illegal marriage. Only at that point he opens his mouth and he says, oh, by the way, Rabbi Akiva says, so maybe we shouldn't rely on him. So the Gemara gives a few answers. First of all, it could be that this Garrett had been saying this before it was relevant. You know, maybe this person wasn't aware of it, but, um... But this ger had been saying it before. He didn't just say it; he started off saying that there is a woman and seven sons. Meaning, his point was that he was corroborating what he was saying. He was he was he was backing it up by practical other cases where a woman and seven sons converted and they married each other's ex wives. A third answer, different here. He was saying another story. He was saying another story. What was the story? He was saying about Rabbi Akiva and Yona. So the point is, if somebody stam says one thing. He quotes somebody saying something, and that's the point that's relevant, so then we don't necessarily believe. But here, he related something else as well. He was saying Rabbi Akiva's statement about Yonah. So therefore, once we're going to believe him about one thing that he said, me, though we're believing about one thing, we're able to believe about the other thing as well. All right, great. So now the Gemara continues this tangent here, discussing this point that after the story with Nineveh, after the second had to go back, so then Hashem did not... Give the nevuah to, to Yonah again. So the Gemara says, the Shkina only spoke to him a second time, but not a third time. what does the Pasuk say? It says Yamar He restored the boundaries of Kl from from Lavo that is until the sea of Arava, like the word of Hashem. And what is this word of Hashem? She had spoken by the hand of his servant Yonah Amitai the Navi. So Hashem obviously did speak to Yonah a third time. So here, what's talking about here? We're talking about someone named Yeravam, the son of Yosha. So basically, there were a lot of cities that were taken away by Aram, and he was able to get them back. So anyways, so it says that, it, that, that he got them back to the original boundaries like the way Hashem had spoken to Yonah. So clearly, Hashem spoke to Yonah about some other prophecy about the boundaries of Israel or something. So don't we see that there was a future prophecy for Yonah? No, when we said Hashem only spoke to him twice, he didn't mean he only spoke to him twice. We mean that he only spoke to him twice about what happened in Ninvei, but he did speak to him about other things. So basically, and there are things that, that he could have spoken about Ninveh and he didn't, is that Tosus tells us that the people of Ninveh ended up going back to their sins. Isn't that interesting? You know, you learn the story. You never hear that last point, right? You always hear the good, but it's actually a tesis here. right? The top uh the top tesis. Tesis says maybe they went back and there was punishment which came in there. Uh, theoretically, there, w- well, there was what to speak to him about Ninveh, but Hashem did not speak to him about Ninveh again. So he did remain in Navi. In this approach from the Gemara, there was other Nevuah that Yonah had but it was specific to Ninveh that Hashem didn't speak to him. Another approach All the apostles by Yeroven there was saying as follows Just like the word of Hashem he is spoken by his hand the Navi not Navi that Yonah ever prophesized about Yeroven but rather the point of the comparison is that the same way that in the story of Ninveh Hashem's decree was changed from bad to good so too, ben at the time of Yeroven the decree Hashem's decree changed from bad too good. So the point is, there was it was a transformative time just b- before Hashem had allowed the king Yeruvim to take out the Klal Yisrael, and now was changing the decree, and they were able to retrieve the captured ter- territory. So that's basically what we're saying. We're comparing the story there. It's a, it's a, it's a comparison, it's an analogy between the story of um, of Ninveh and the story of Yeruvim, but not that there ever was a direct Nevuah about this point. Okay. Now we get back to. Um, to our Iker, our Iker discussion here, which is again, do we make a decree of Gershinus uh, for brothers who convert or, uh, do, or do we say that we can't rely on it because people aren't aware of it. So the Gemara says Tashma. So this prize is going to give us many different complex cases about, remember, our interesting case, Gershah HaRosah The status of a ger where the conception was not B'Kedushah but his mother converted and then he was born into sanctity. So the complication of this is Yesh L'sher He does have maternal relatives and the reason is being he's born to a Jewish mother. So even though he converted in the womb, L'mayasav was born to a Jewish mother and therefore he does have his mother's relatives. He doesn't have paternal relatives since he was conceived Shaloba So we see that, as we said on, on the top of the Amid, Ein Av, there's no paternal uh, yichas from, a, from a, when, when, when the Zerah was, was, was Shalom be-kidushah. So this is interesting. He has maternal relatives but not paternal relatives. So Kate said, how does this work? Nasa Minayim, Yo, if he marries a maternal sister, he has to send her away. Now, let's be careful to understand this. If he marries a maternal sister who... who um, who was born after he, after after him. So then that's very simple because it's totally his full-fledged sister. We're saying since he was born, this both him and this sister was born later, were born to the same Jewish mother, their mom 's brother and sister. Obviously, it's a full-fledged Arabah. But Rashi learns what's going on here is that we don't even mean that type of sister. Not a sister was born after him. A sister was born before him, also he has to send away. That's a big novelty because they were born at different points. The older sister was born before... The mother converted, so she has her own status. If she would, even if she converts afterwards, she's just like a regular This guy is uh, someone who was born to the Jewish mother, very good. But to be related to his older sister who was born before the mother converted, that wouldn't be. So iker hadin, you do have a principle here of But the reason we're saying that if he marries her, he has to send her away is because we're concerned if you could marry the older sister, he might marry a younger sister, a younger sister who would be born again. The mother converted while this guy was in the womb. So a younger sister he would be mamish related to. They would be born to the same Jewish mother. So to protect that the Rabbi said that if he marries an older sister as well, he has to send her away. But if he marries a paternal sister, he's allowed to remain with her because here there's no Zerah. Because remember, there's no way, since this guy was Nisra, Shalob, Kedusha, he's never. he doesn't have any paternal relationship with the father. The conversion is going against all paternity. He's not related to a paternal sister. And everyone seems to be aware of that. There's no xera to make. Everything's fine. So paternal sister, he's good to keep. It's the maternal sister, even if it's an older maternal sister, then he has to send her away. Similarly, continuing, minha If he marries a maternal sister of his father, he has to send her away. So this is very interesting. It's his father's sister, and it's and, and the conversion pushes away all paternity. He's not really related to his father, certainly not the father's sister. But since it's his father's maternal sister, there's it is an element of maternity here. So the rabbis were goes there. Right? We don't what are we nervous? We're nervous that he's gonna come to marry his own younger maternal sister. That's the one thing which we bad. If he would marry his own younger maternal sister who was born after him, then he's Mamasha's sister because he was him and she would be born to the same Jewish mother. So whenever there's an aspect of maternity and an aspect of a sister We say Yotish, even though here it's the father's maternal sister, he doesn't have the paternity, he's not related to his father, we say no, 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 if if there's an aspect of maternity here and a sister, he has to send her away, obviously that's Xerah, but if he married a paternal sister of his father, he could remain with her, there's no maternal element, so there's not, it's no way that it's going to, to lead to him marrying a younger maternal sister. Uh, next case, if he marries a maternal sister of his mother, so that's, um, that's someone that, that he could be related to, Yotzi, he has to send her away. And even though this, this woman may, may have been born before, so it's not before him and, before he converted, before the mother, his mother converted, so therefore it's not meikar Adin, meikar Adin, this maternal sister of his mother, even if she converts, he's not much related to her, but again, it's a concern that he might marry younger maternal sister. But if he married a paternal sister of his mother So this is a little tricky Because it's from his mother's side But it's a paternal sister So the question is Is this going to bring That he would end up marrying his future maternal sister Again, that's the one thing we want to stay away from This, this Ger, who, whose mother converted while he was in the womb So he's born to a Jewish mother The one thing we don't want him to do Is marry a younger maternal sister If he would marry a paternal sister of his mother Would that lead to that? So that's a machlok When Meir, meir says yes, we so send her away He can remain with her Shay or remember, Mayor said, whenever it's got anything to do with a maternal relationship, Yoshi has to send her away, an error that comes from a paternal relationship, he can remain with her. So this is all, um, and again, in a case of Agar, who was, so his status is he has She'er he doesn't have She'er Ha'Av, and that's why we're saying if he ends up marrying his mother's relatives, clean cut, Rabbi Mayor says, we always make a decree he might be marrying a younger sister. Which would be also made, but if it's from the father's side, it's not an issue. Continues the Braisa, he's mutter to marry his brother's wife. So a brother's wife is mutter, and presumably, even if it's the brother's wife, from the mother's side. And why is that? So in other words, what's going on is that he was Nisrash al and he was born Bikdusha. He can marry the wife of an older brother, even if it's a maternal brother, because it's like Gershon a- Iskayar. So therefore, there, there's no problem of marrying a brother's wife. Now, let's just clarify. A younger brother's wife, where him and his brother were born to the same Jewish mother, of course he cannot marry. We had this on the Brideshow yesterday. Because they're born to the same Jewish mother when mamash b'yesh yisach But when we're saying he can marry his brother's wife, we I mean an older brother. An older brother wasn't born... To his Jewish mother He was born before his mother converted To his older brother's wife So that's mutter Because his brother is And it seems And this is the key This is the line Why we're learning That we're bringing the whole rise. So we don't make exer That's what it seems like We're not making exer Here you have A brother An older brother of his Who was born as a guy He married a woman And we're saying that, that that woman is now mutter To this to this next one Who is So we see That we're relying on We're not making a decree but H.S. if you can marry his father's brother's wife, Ushakal, Ushmetarsal, all arise by marriage are permitted to him. And it's interesting over here that we don't make exerah on the older brother out the younger brother. You know, for example, the younger sister who would be born, we're so nervous that he might marry that we offered even the mother's sister, right? So how come over here, by the brother's wife, we're not saying, hey, if the brother's wife who was, was a younger brother would be asserted to him, so how come we're not offering the older So We're showing him explain, Rashi explains that anything which comes about through Kedushin, the rabbis didn't make the decree on. The rabbis made a decree only about something which is a natural type of uh, a natural type of relationship. So this decree that he might end up marrying a younger sister, sister is just an, uh, a, a natural relationship, so there we asser. But the decree that he may marry a brother's wife, so if it's a younger brother and there's no Gersh in his so then we'll her. But if it's an older brother, we have Gersh in his then we don't asser. And what does it mean, all other rights? The wife of a father. The wife of his father. Again, he has no paternity. He is a month or two. Continues the bride. What happens? Interesting case. You have a guy? who's converting, it's not a ger who's converting, a regular ger, and he converts and he's married to two women. He's married to a non-Jewish woman and her daughter. And together with these two with these two wives, with these two mother and daughter, he's converting with all of them. Now, he's got to choose, right? He's got to choose between them, one and the other. So, so, so it's an interesting choice here that we say, we, we, we say you should choose one. He can bring one in, but he has to send one away. And this is the point interesting thing that it's Xera not not to be married to both. So even though Maker not they're not related to each other, you're going to have a gar and is Gaia. But we're nervous that if he does this, he might go on to think. Um, he, when we're saying he shouldn't marry the woman and her daughter, even though they were both born non-Jews, because we're nervous he might go and marry, from now, the daughter's daughter, which is also awesome, right? From the future, now it would be a daughter's daughter. Such a thing wouldn't be mother. So, because so, 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 now, now the daughter's daughter would be born a Jew. She would be related to her mother and be also to him. So we say that he, even though he comes in with these two people who are both born non-Jews, so they go, he has to pick only one between the mother and the daughter. Mesa is show his wife dies, so it's mutter for him to marry his mother in law. So even though, right, we, we saw this and we're going to re- revisit this, that a mother in law is also even after a wife's death. It's machlugas if it's bestrefa, if it gets more lenient or not, but certainly it's also. But the rabbis didn't ask that. Midrabanan for the ger. So we'll see this interesting thing. So if a, if a ger is married to a, to, 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 to a woman, we're not going to ask her to the mother in law. So this is saying, really, again, Maker at din when she converts, she's not related to her mother. Midrabanan, we're saying, to treat that he shouldn't be married to both but um he shouldn't be married to both but but after the wife dies he's allowed to be with the mother-in-law however so other versions say that his wife dies he is still also to marry his mother-in-law we'll see what the machlokas depends on In the previous case where we are saying that he pick one of them right why are, why are we not having concern that if he marries one of them he's going to be close to the other and that's oh right 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 we had a little concept of that yesterday right and then the whole Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a nice question. I'm not sure. You know, he's been previously in a relationship with her. She's converting. She's a Jew. You know, kind of it seems there. like an obvious gzeir over there. But I think the key is that we're not concerned. Remember, even if he is with her, Medaraisa, he's not doing anything wrong, because Medaraisa, the mother and daughter are converting. Gasher's garik on The whole thing is that if he's married to her, right, then we're concerned either for what it looks for what it looks like, but we're more concerned he might end up marrying the daughter of one of them, right? Another which will be. So I think the whole thing is Xerah. So even if he did end up being intimate with her, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Anyhow, so now we see how this was says Akasha, the one thing it says on this case was that the Ger was mother to marry his brother's wife. Right? Obviously not a younger brother. We said it's an older brother, but he's mother. Why? We're talking about a case where the brother married her after he was a Ger. And uh, we're still saying we rely that everybody will know Gershkar conscious Aladami, so it's much from him to marry. We're not worried that it's gonna look like a brother's wife. So this is contradicting what Shay says. Um We're talking about a case where the older brother married her only when he was still a non and he never been intimate with her, he never married her, continued the, the relationship after he converted. There, everybody agrees. Says Lamar Ma'amar, why was it a khidish? If he if he only was with her when he was a guy, says the Kmar, Mahdi Timak Shu Khamala Shugar. You may have said that let's decree that, that it should be Asar even, even when he only married her as a non-Jew, ought to a case we're remarried when he was already a girl Kalashman on the bride it tells us that we don't make such a concern Says the Gemara, what did we say here? Yishibit, a person who was married to a woman and the daughter and now he's converting with them. So Midarai that they're not going to be related but we say he shouldn't be married to a woman and her daughter. He should choose one. Ahas, ahas, brings one in. He sends one away. And then the bride said added three more words. Initially he shouldn't bring them in. So the Gemara says, what does that mean? You have to send them away, right? So, obviously, initially you shouldn't marry them both. Isn't that obvious? Like, isn't that exactly what we were saying? We were just saying you can only take one. So why do they have to go on to say that he shouldn't bring them both? In. It says the Gemara, Hassam kai." The last three words is actually going back on something earlier in the Bais. Even the ones that the Rabbi said Yikayim that he could remain with them, like all the paternal sisters. Remember, this was the case of the Ger who, who converted while he was in the mother's womb and born to the Jewish mother, so he doesn't have paternity, but he has his maternity. So we were saying that all the the the, the, the previous. Uh, biological relatives that he has from the mother, we're saying he can't be with, he has to, he has to send away. But the, the paternal rela- relationships, the things coming from his father's side, then he's allowed to be with. The, the bride is saying, even though he's allowed to remain with them, knows, <laughs> he's not supposed to initially marry them. That's the point that we're saying. Even the paternal relationships that are there's no xaira, but it's all not xaira that, that we would be machai of him to divorce, to send away. But it, we are concerned enough, he's not supposed to be, be marrying lechatkhila paternal, mar- paternal relatives as well. What was the last case where he converts? Um, he converts. He was married to a mother and a daughter. They all converted. So he said, "If his wife dies, so now it's much different to marry his mother-in-law." So even though if he comes with his with, with his, he was married to his wife and a mother-in-law. That all his three guys. Yeah, now the convert maker at the end is not a mother and mother in law because Geresh and his but we said he shouldn't be with them. But once one dies, he could be with the mother in law gets the Tanya also. But other people said Aser. So what's the pshat? One going to be Shmuel is only going to be Yekiva. Remember what we had a machlokes Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva. If Chamosa after the death of the wife is just as severe, Rabbi Shmuel says it's just as severe. There's still a Srefa. Rabbi Akiva says no. There's no longer seifa. It's Aser, but there's no seifa. So Ma and Aser Rabbi The one who asks is like Rabbi Shmuel. The mother in law after the death of a wife is Asr in the same. Severity It's just as us, so therefore, we have the a So, if it's just as us, by, by regular Jews, we so when we make a that a baran that he shouldn't marry, we include the case that the wife died because there's no difference if the wife died or not. The severity of the iser is the same. The one who was mater is going like rabbi kiva, after the death of the wife, the iser is weakened. Right? We saw that idea a few days ago that there's no Suraifa anymore, there's only an Isser. So, if it's only an Isser, if there's a weaker Isser, at that point, Kabighar goes goes Rabbanah. So, by the convert, where it's all Xerah to because Meikarah did the mother and the mother, the mother and daughter are not related. They were both converting. So, since it's only Xerah, the rabbis didn't continue it after the wife's death. Okay, now we continue. A fascinating riddle of a case over here coming up. Don't worry, we had some challenging riddles yesterday. These riddles are a lot less challenging. Let's see. Let's look at this scenario. Five women, all the male children, what happened was there were male children that got mixed up one with another. So the way I think to relate to this case is that imagine that you have five women all in the hospital together and they all had baby boys. That much is known. But they're all taken away, you know, to the care center. And then they get mixed up. So we don't know whose baby is whose. So we know that five women have babies, baby boys, but we don't know to which mother. It gets confusing. Now... Each one of these, you know, the mothers, they also have families back at home. And there are certainly, you know, male children that they have with their husband. But specifically, they had one story where all five of these women were in the hospital. And they all had babies. But we don't know um, whose baby is whose. So this the mixture grew up, right? The babies grew up. And we, they could grow up in a specific home. But the, it doesn't matter. We don't know who, who, which family they belong to. They got married with Mesu, They died childless. So the problem here is, is that we have a big suffix for Yibam here, right? Our five families, all with certain brothers here, and they don't know which of the five brothers was their bro- was the right one. Each one of them have one brother out there that might, be, that might be that is their brother, but it's a mixture. There are five. We don't know which one is which one is which. So of all these five families, so what happens? So we say our Bal four the families go and do chalitza with one of the widows. So, so they, once, once that is done, the Echam Yab HaMosad, then the last remaining family could do Yibim. Why is that? Because of Shach, the last time, the last widow, either it's Taka, there's a one in five chance that it was actually his brother's wife. Right? There were five uncertain, uncertain men it could have been. It's a one in five chance that the last widow that he takes is Yibam. But even if it's not, he doesn't have to worry that he's marrying a, a Yivam al-Ashuk because the other four families already did Chalitza. So on the possibility that it's his brother's wife, great, he's doing Yibam. On the possibility that it was somebody else's brother's wife is not a concern because that family already did Chalitza. So what happened, what's happening is that each of the four families will do Chalitza first to a widow and then the fifth family can do Yibam. That's for widow number one. Again, there are five children mixed up. They each marry and die childless. We have five widows now. It's uncertain um, what in the world they should do. They don't know which family they belong to. So we're saying, for widow number one, what happens is she does chalitza to four families, and then the fifth family can do yibam. Then, who's then we go to the second widow, the one who would marry the first widow, and three others do chalitza with another one of the widows. The and then the remaining one takes her in yibam. So it's repeated for the, for the next three widows. So the point that we're saying is, every family Every family gets one chance to do yibam. And the one chance that they have to do yibam is they'll wait for the widow to get four Khalitas from the other four families, and then they'll get a chance to do yibam. So we line them up. It ends up that one, the widows ends up marrying one of the families after the other four did chalitzah. It's found that there are four khalitas and one yibam being done with every widow. She's getting four khalitas from four families to cover herself. And then she does, she marries the fifth family. It's a one in five chance she might be doing yibam. And... Um, but she's not nervous because she received Khalita from the other family. So now, what's interesting, the Gemara notes, is that each widow receives chalitza from four of the men, and then the fifth man takes her in yibum. Says the Gemara, You better do it that way specifically, that the first four families do chalitza with one of the widows, and then the fifth man can take her in yibam. You cannot have a yibam before the chalitza. Why? Because yes, it's a one in five chance. It might be yibam, but it also might be, the She might be yibam she might be really zikah, zikah to the other family. And this is not yibam. And it's actually pretty likely it's not Yibum, right? It's only one in five chance that it's the right. And that would be al Shook. That's why she has to first do Chalitza to the other families. After she does Chalitza to all four other families, so now Miman of Shok, she could marry the fifth family. Either it's Yibum or it's a random marriage. So now, after that was done to the first widow, then what happened to the second widow? We, the Mishnah emphasized that she gets chalitza. She needs four chalitzas. It should be from the one, one chalitza should be, should be from the one who married the first widow, and then another three, and she should marry a different family. So the Mar says, Why is that? Why is it that he, the one who married the first widow, and three others do chalitza? Meaning, why don't, is there anything specific about that law? Let's say. We'd say we would just repeat the same thing, and four families, the same four families would do chalitza, and the same fifth family who married the first widow would marry the second widow. Is there anything wrong with that? In other words, why are we emphasizing that we're we're gonna try to get that a different family will do yibam der? Why? We don't know, again, we don't know which family any of these widows belong to. So all four of these widows need Khalisa from four and then they can marry a fifth. Who cares what fifth, which one that is? When the same way on the first widow you give it, you know, to the first four families and the fifth one did yibam. Do those same exact families do chalitza? and the same one do yibam? The Mishra seem to emphasize that we should switch it up. And different families should do chalitza, and a different family should do yibam on the second widow. Why is that? So the Mark says, We don't want one one man, one family taking all five widows in Yibim. Ella We want that every family should do Yebim to one. Why? is because maybe potentially he'll be taking his own brother's widow. Meaning we're trying to get the most mitzvahs here. We have a mitzvah of Yibum. Yibum is better. We're trying to get the possibility that most mitzvah, most yibam happens. So we're saying once once we did the chalitza on the first widow, we did chalitz from four families, and the fifth family did yibum. You don't want the fifth family again doing yibum. You want each family getting a shot that they're doing the yibum. That's the point that the gemara is saying. Now this is a really interesting statistical thing. Let's break this down on a little statistics. It's really mind boggling. When the first widow did it, there's a, it does even to the fifth family. It's a one in five chance that she did Yibam correctly. 20% chance. 20% chance that the mitzvah happened. If that family would do, would do Yibam to all five, then they would know for sure. If they would do it to all five, they know at least one. They got one out of five right. What are we saying now instead happens? Each family is going to get one. So if each family has a one in five chance, you know what the statistics are that all five got were correct? It's actually mind boggling. It's like an interesting thing. So I'll tell you the way to break it down. Let's say you have a coin. You want to know if you got heads, 50% chance. What's the likelihood, you know, keep on doing it, that I'm going to get two heads in a row, 25%. Three heads in a row, 12%. It eh, goes down to like 3%. Here, the first family, 20% chance they get right. If you keep on breaking it down, that all five would get right, it's less than 1%. There's a less than 1% chance that all five yibams are going to be right. And yet we still want that to happen over one family doing all the yibams, or at least you know for sure one mitzvah was done. Isn't that interesting? But it could be that the VART is... That if all five did it, you're right. The, the statistics that, 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 that all of them were correct are less than 1%. But the statistics that at least one were correct, if you break through the math you can do it, it's actually around 60%. So you have at least a decent possibility that at least one is right. And you're giving yourself possibility, maybe a remote possibility, but at least possibility that more humans would happen. And therefore, that's the better thing. Says the Mora Tatar Rabbanam, Misassan Acham, Misassan Shayna Acham. Let's say some of them are brothers and some of them were not brothers. And Those who are brothers do Chalitza, those who are not do Yibam. So the Mar says, My what does that mean? There are some are brothers and some who are not brothers. We give another twist in the case. There were some who were paternal brothers, but some of them were only maternal brothers. So maternal brothers are not allowed to marry. Because they can't say, oh, it's Yibam. For if there are some maternal brothers here in the family as well, then they're scary. You can never marry. So, the maternal brothers, the families with the maternal brothers only do Chalitza. And the ones who are only have paternal brothers can do Yibam. Now, the price it continues if some of the, some of the families have Kohenim and some are not. So, so the issue is that Kohenim cannot marry Chalutza. Because, you want to know the case? The case is with a woman remarried twice. I think I'll show you the case in a second. just going to finish up. I'll show you the case in Rashi. Some of the families have koanim. Koanim can't marry a chalutza. The whole point was uh, was that after four families do chalutza, the fifth woman we Mother it's Yibam or just marrying after Khalitsa, But you can't do that if they're koanim. Koanim can't marry a so If Some of them were koanim and some of them were not. Koanim, chotz, and the koanim do chalutza to all the widows. And only the nine koanim could do the yibam. Some families have koanim. Some families are maternal brothers and mix up Elibuchotz And then just everybody has to do chalutza. No one's able to to take them in Yibam because the families that have maternal brothers can't do Yibam because you can't marry a maternal brother's wife. There's no Yibam to that. And the families that have gone him, you can't marry a Chalutza. So therefore, I would just end up with, um, with Chalitza's all around. Okay, we'll stop here.